Welcome to the Field Dynamics Podcast. We're here to facilitate inspiring dialogues about the nature of consciousness across disciplines, communities, and practitioners, all with a holistic perspective. From energy healing to somatic therapies, from neuroscience to meditation, we believe the most interesting things happen at the boundaries of disciplines. I'm Christabel. And I'm Keith. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Field Dynamics Podcast. Today we have with us Bill Haggard. Bill is a highly experienced colonics practitioner based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with a knowledge and wisdom for the therapy born of great passion and experience. 22 years ago, Bill found himself suffering from a lifetime exposure to toxic environments, including Agent Orange, used in Vietnam, and chemicals from his family's farming, amongst others. Diagnosed with several inconclusive conditions, including liver ailments and chronic fatigue, doctors were unable to help and he was given up on by the medical profession. At one point, he wasn't expected to make it through another month. In desperation, Bill began researching alternative therapies and discovered colonics. Here began his journey of recovery. After receiving colonics for over five years as part of his own personal health recovery, Bill has been offering clonics as a practitioner for more than 20 years. His journey took him to a number of different practitioners across the United States, and his formal training was at the New Mexico School of Natural Therapeutics. Bill recognizes that stress, refined food, dehydration, chemical exposure, and unprocessed trauma and emotions can impede your colon's ability to eliminate efficiently. He now lives a life free of the ailments previously diagnosed, whilst offering clonics to a thriving clientele. A warm welcome, Bill. It's uh, wonderful to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Oh, so glad to be here. And you said it right. It is my passion. Of all the different therapies I've received over my 40 years of healing journey, clonics were always the ones that were, if I didn't have money, that would be the one I'd receive I always knew I could empty the garbage can. Well, Keith and I have had clonic practitioners um, or clonic treatments using a variety of methods all over the world. And we can hands down say that you're one of the best practitioners we've ever been treated by. And I know this is somewhat common feedback from your clients in general. I think uh, firstly, we'd love to hear a little more of your personal story of healing, which led you to the field of clonics. And we, we shared some of that in the bio there. And in particular, you know, I'd love to hear more about Agent Orange here, the uh, chemical defoliant sprayed by the U.S. military during the Vietnam War, which contained dioxin. And I believe over 16 different diseases are associated with Agent Orange, including several cancers and leukemias and Parkinsonism. Yeah, then we changed the molecule by a degree or so and then put it on our, our farm, uh, what we farm, you know, to, to kill the bugs. But if we have healthy soil, we have bugs because the the plants aren't getting what they need. So therefore, we need chemicals to kill the bugs. But they're just telling us, wake up, shape up, clean up the earth part so that you have wonderful food to give to people. Same thing with me. Um, you know, I pretty much a standard American diet. You know, you're born into mine was. Irish family, but it doesn't matter whether it's Italian or 
whatever you come along. It's pretty much meat, potatoes, and whatever that culture shares with you until you move out in your high school or college or whatever, or the workplace, then you join those tribes. But nobody really is paying attention that you need, if you want energy and clear thinking, you've got to put food that feeds your cells, not just your taste buds. So as my health declined, and constipation was a big key, and I didn't worry about it. It's just like, I know that if I ate enough food, eventually gravity would send it down to the other end. Who thinks about it? So uh, I just worked, worked and, until I couldn't. And it was about 10 years after Vietnam. And so Vietnam is my hero and Agent Orange is actually my hero because it, I felt like I was 90 when I was only 30 years of age. And I needed help so I'd have energy to support, you know, get an income and support my family. And I kept the bug in the VA and they couldn't find anything wrong with their diagnostics. And I kept pestering. So then they finally gave me a ticket to psychiatry. And I had to tear up the little paper and say, thank you, I'm out of here. And luckily there was a good healing, natural healing uh, community in Tucson. That's where I was working as a construction electrician at that time. And they said, Bill, if you want to have energy, you got to put something in your body that has energy. You know, so therefore it started with the diet change and uh, uh, some chiropractic adjustments and one thing led to another, you know. So I started getting energy. I said, where did this energy come? And I'm going to uh, mention a book that was called Fit for Life. It, the principles was eat nothing but fruit till noon, which would go against anything, anybody in diabetic because they look at fruit as sugar and it would go against candida, same reason. Okay, luckily I didn't know anything about that. So I did the fruit till noon and then the food combining, not eating protein and starches at the same setting, which is the standard American diet, cross culture, pretty much worldwide. And in three days time, it's where does all this energy come from? And I turned around after coming, walking into my house, looking forward to eating my meal. And I turned around and I said, oh, I'm gonna to go to Barnes and Noble and get the, this book that my cousin gave me the principles. So I bought the books, started doing everything they said. And then it led me to Norman Walker and Juicing. And then it went to, you know, then other books led me to, um, herbal cleansing, and all these modalities one by one. The big story is eventually I had two years of excellent health and clear thinking. And then I started feeling sick again. I said, what's going on? Because I'm doing everything right. Well, I was snow plowing. I was, every time I learned something new, I added it. So instead of just diet, it's diet plus juicing, plus herbal cleansing, plus modalities, you know, chiropractic, massage, rolfing, etc. And then the light bulb went on. I said, Bill, you got 30 years of constipation and toxic environments. Your elimination organs cannot handle this load. So therefore I discovered colonics and I've been shoveling ever since. So there. Shoveling, excellent word. There's, you know, I um I hesitate to use all the different kinds of puns that are available in this kind of interview and working with you because uh, you know you really have a crappy kind of job. You know what I mean? Um, 
But speaking of shoveling, there are different kinds of uh, approaches to quantics available, open system, closed systems, um, gravity fed. Um, we're curious, given that you use uh, filtered, restructured and energized water, you incorporate the use of a Beamer machine. Um, we're curious if you could just kind of describe to listeners in general what options there are um, for the way in which the colonic happens through these different methods, why you've chosen the way you use, because the setup you have is fantastic. It certainly is the best I've ever come across. Well, it's it's originally titled the Woods method, which is a gravity fed. But then there's more to it than that, you know, because the colon tells you a story. Every time that uh, somebody's on my table, a story is being told to me as to what's going on. And if, if the body doesn't take in water, generally it's because it's too tense, whether it's emotionally or um, dehydration. You would think it was dehydrated and want to take as much water as it could as soon as possible, but it's not the way it works. So a lot of the, the systems out there, all those systems are good and they have an effect. But a lot of the people that buy the expensive closed system, you know, the gravity is a closed system also. The, the other one is direct pressure. So they're taught how to use the machine, but not taught how to read what's going on with the, the human being that they're working on. And because of all my experience of receiving colonics and having, you know, different people, different equipment, I'm always paying attention. How can I make a home unit from what I'm seeing here. And I'm not willing to pay five, $6,000. So then I just kept going. Whenever I needed a clinic, I'd take care of business and get back on track again, feeling healthy. So the uh, open system is kind of like an enema, although an enema is a quart bag, like a clima. A clima is a open system. In other words, water goes in, then you sit on the toilet and you eliminate. The more sophisticated one where you go to a therapist and get the treatment, you have 10 gallons and more of water. So therefore it's more efficient than just a quart. With uh, the closed system, it's for me, it's normally 45 minutes to an hour session and you probably get 30 gallons of water in that time space, you know, and there's no running to the toilet. There's no, generally no mess or odor. So, and very comfortable and supported. And I talk everyone through, you know, I usually tell people, well, you're not feeling good before they tell me they're not feeling good because I see what's happening in the tube and they can see it, see what's happening in the tube. Some people, if you believe it or not, don't look at the tube. And to me, it's part of the therapy. Like I see how much crap left my body, how bad I felt during it. I know that's no longer there to trouble me. How important is the quality of the water? I mean, we're aware you use a, a filtered, restructured, energized water. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what the alternatives might be? Well, I remember when I came to Albuquerque to go to the School of Natural Therapeutics, the first place I went to here, the first question I asked, do you filter your water? I said, oh, no, no, we don't. I said, okay, this session's over. I haven't drank city water, you know, in 20 25 years, I'm not going to put an hour's worth of city water into my colon. So I think it's very important, although just getting the crap out of your body, even with city water, is an asset. So what's in there 
draining our energy and making us sick, just do something to get hydration in there to move it out of your body. But for us, when I set up my business, I went through you know several systems to um, make the best of what I can offer those who come to me. And part of that we understand is uh, sometimes some of the additives uh, to your colonics. So that to aid in the process of elimination. So whether it's uh, sea salt, apple cider vinegar, uh, chlorophyll, um, can you share a little bit about some of those additives and the circumstances in which you might employ them? Well, it's all a part of my process and what I've learned along the way. So uh, Bernard Jensen, uh, Norman Walker, you know, the different books on detoxing. Uh, um, I'm forgetting who the guy's name is, the, the liver, gallbladder, miracle cure, Andreas Moritz. You know, anything you can put in your body through food, remedies or teas, you can also do in your colon. So because I did a lot of different herbal remedies and teas and detox things and parasite things, you know, so then therefore when I started doing colonics and had my own home set up, then I would experiment, you know, with wheatgrass, with apple cider vinegar, with coffee. Coffee is well known out there in the natural healing market is it's it's beneficial to cleansing the liver. It has whatever the chemistry of coffee is, it has a reaction that gets the liver to release some of its stagnation. So coffee is quite often uh, something that everybody receives, although you have to qualify. So I just see how the elimination channels are working for them and what their lifestyle is as to whether I just don't go carelessly about, oh, you get to feel bad, rah, rah, rah. You know, you feel bad means bad stuff is leaving. No, they got ease into it. Although it is good to feel bad during a colonic, it just tells you how bad that, how, how much energy is draining you during your weekday if it resides inside you. There is a reason, any other thing that I offer somebody, or even if they bring me something they would like to put in the colonic, I would consider it. But no, normally I know <laughs> about what's out there. You know, I don't put Drano in just because it can clean things. Anyway, I'm jesting. So during your sessions, you know, you've already mentioned, for instance, that it's more than just the colon. There's so much about the attendance to the person on the table and the skill of a colonic hydrotherapist is going to be hugely involved if they're going to be successful in attending to the client themselves as a person, you know, what's their constitution? What do they need in that moment? So doing sessions with you, you move your hands around the body. Seems like you're tracking or sensing blockages in the energy system you know, that are not near the colon and the arms, the legs, the chest, the head, et cetera. And we're just wondering what kind of training did you do to inform and what are you attending to um, regarding, you know, the, the limbs of the body, maybe the meridian points, I think, as you've discussed with me in session before, um, what's, what's your approach to working with the person and what's, what are you kind of looking for or sensing? Well, before I got sick, I used to be a construction electrician. Uh, and my job was to solve problems and figure why, why the system weren't working. So now I just do tr more troubleshooting hands-on, one-on-one with the people that are in front of me. And uh, because my journey involved a lot of body work, acupuncture, you know, rolfing, deep, deep tissue mas massaging. And I know that on the body, there's six separate meridians on each arm. They're bilateral. So I know that you got six pathways and two of them relate to your 
colon and its partner, the, the lung. So when you clean the, the colon to make it environment healthy, the lung is also happy now because it can work better. There's not so much gas pushing on the diaphragm. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, two of the mer meridians are on the arm. Therefore, I'm often massaging the arms. The other four meridians are related to heart. So I just can't go wrong. And since I got long skinny fingers that are strong, I can shotgun, I can touch all meridians, whether I know what I'm touching or not. I just move energy. And if it's ouchy, that means there's a blockage in that energy pathway. There's another six meridians that go down the legs and it's liver, gallbladder, stomach, spleen, and uh, kidney bladder. So I do a lot of squeezing there too also. And then uh, the feet are very good at tr triggering releases in the colon because your entire body has uh, nerve endings that relate from head and brain to toe and, and everything in between. So that's why, yeah, my hands are very active. Then, uh, you know, there's also, I, I went to the School of Natural Therapeutics because everything they taught there was what I had experienced in my journey. I said, wow, and then I can learn in depth and uh, feel a little more confident when I'm engaging with people. Colonics can be a controversial subject, you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's warnings about colonics from the from the healthcare community. You know, colonics can interfere with water balance, hydration of the colon. You can perforate your colon. Um, you can mess with the electrolyte balance in the body. Uh, infections might be caused. And, you know, this idea also that you might cause dependency, right? That the body won't be able to, you know, go to the bathroom without the use or the aid of colonics, you know, over-dependency. So understandably, there are potential contraindications, I'm sure, for certain people. But what's, what's your thoughts or perspective on some of these concerns? You see, those are all reasonable. All those things that you mentioned, I've heard, they sound reasonable until somebody else comes up with another insight as how to translate that. So I hear that the colon is going to be, become lazy and won't work for you. I said, well, let me ask you this question. If you exercise a muscle, does it get stronger and more vital and it's able to do more as you continue to do that or does it just lazy and flaccid don't work for you anymore well the answer is of course it gets stronger well when you put water in the colon even with an enema it engages the nervous system to get rid of the water and the waste that the water escorts out of the body so it's exercising the muscles of the colon it's reducing the toxic load and uh, hydrating so you get a win-win-win every time you do an enema or, or a colonic. And then that other one that we, I rob or we rob or a colon therapist robs you of your electrolytes and your uh, good bacteria. Well, that means you can just sit there and hold your shit as long as you want to and never worry about it as you die with inner poisoning. No, you should get rid of the garbage in your body. That's why, because that rumor is out there, we supply a probiotic and uh, electrolyte as you leave my practice. When I heard it, I would do, go home and do an implant of probiotic and uh, take more electrolytes. But tell you what, I didn't notice any difference whether I did or didn't do it. So I stopped doing the implant. And, and because I eat a lot of kefir and, and fermented foods, I don't even take probiotics much anymore. Although I had a real long history of 
antibiotics due to asthma, allergies, uh, pneumonia, bronchitis, et cetera, on a regular basis. But that's all due to constipation. Losing my appendix is due to constipation. Uh, get, losing my tonsils is due to constipation, you know, because it's the other end of the tube, but nobody pays attention to that. You know, the, the tonsils are made to protect you. They're part of the immune system to protect the, what you breathe in, but they're not designed to handle all the outgassing from a constipated colon. And therefore, strep throat or tonsillitis is usually a colon problem first before it needs to get taken out of it, you know, taken away. Because of constipation, look where the appendix is. So it's also in jeopardy if you don't have regularity. Oh boy, I can go on and on about you know how things need to change. Oh, here we'll go back to this. Back in the, my generation, you know, I was born in the '48. That era, people did the medicine bag was the colon, or what was a hot water bottle with the tail on it. You know, so you could douche, you could enema, you could use it to warm your feet in the winter, and or an ice bag if you had a, a fever. And then also castor oil and cod liver oil were pretty regular remedies because they didn't have doctors and uh, Walgreens back then. And so since we've accelerated into that realm, you take a pill and you don't have to make a mess with an enema and stuff, you know, but you don't take care of why you needed the pill in the first place, you know, which is getting back. If you get back to the basic, you keep your inner garden clean, everybody else is happy. Liver, kidneys, lymph. Uh, muscles yeah it's a it's a really strange situation regarding how mainstream healthcare providers are recommending to practice hygiene you know our digestive tract begins at the mouth ends at the anus clearly there is massive advocacy for taking care of one end of the that tube right the mouth and toothbrushing and dentist dental care etc we're even supposed to do that multiple times a day right but why is the other end ignored? You know, simply put, why is the other end just totally ignored at this point? Well, because it stinks. It's, uh, you know, we rarely talk about it, you know, and it's, it's a taboo area for some reason, you know, there's sex and there's waste products. So I think that's why it got ignored. You know, we want to go make things simple and uh, get on with business. If you take care of that business, I'm sorry, I'll, uh, cut my throat here, let's say we'd put the pharmaceutical business out of work if people start paying attention to their colon. Because you don't need pills if you have a clean body. You know, have vitality, have clear thinking, you have creativity, and great sex, too. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell a story and just uh, see, see what you think about this. So I explored clearing my colon for the first time in 2015. So it would have been eight years ago now. Um, and it was based on actually just saying to myself, I've never really gotten into cleansing or, you know, looking at detoxing. It wasn't that I had a lack of health or anything. So I, I went around, I, I researched it I studied it and I found some, a therapist who I really liked. And this therapist in Los Angeles, she told me an amazing story why she was a colon hydrotherapist. She said that she had been diagnosed with some kind of thyroid dysfunction, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And at a certain point, they basically said, sorry, nothing's working. You're just not going to make it, you know, and they just gave her a general timeline. And for whatever reason, she found colonics. And she said it took her about 
six or seven colonics in and in that six or seven session, something came out of her body that clearly wasn't supposed to be there. And after that experience, which was both emotional and very visceral, her symptoms went away. Her thyroid fixed itself. What might we start to look at and as people are listening to this or reimagining health and, and well-being, how the, the colon, how the gut, when it's not working, how it affects all these other areas potentially in the body, how it affects the nervous system and the immune system, et cetera? Yeah, you're so right. Uh, we need to get back to the basics. And the colon, the whole intestinal system affects every part of the body. You know, just like there's reflex points in your feet and your hands, you know, and then also all throughout the acupuncture meridian line, we're energy. We're all energy. And we're in, we live in a container. And if the container gets filled up, you know, it's like another example of wording would be we're hoarders. So it's the same thing. Us humans, we live by pleasure. You know, we like to, we feed ourselves by what tastes good, not by, is it going to feed my cells? You know, so if we, if we feed ourselves and we don't eat necessarily when we're hungry, we just eat because it's pleasurable. It's like a hoarder. You're putting in something and you don't need. And then now that you're requiring work of your body. And so then your body's overloaded. It's storing it within. And so we look at a human and, at middle age, you're supposed to look like you're filled out and mature. Well, you should look like a teenager all your life. You put the right inputs in, and you're not collecting or you're not hoarding so that the body expands. You know, It doesn't really have to do with fat, although fat is a rescue remedy for toxins. They're more secure in fat. A lot of times, the water, the weight we have is water to keep the acids that we generate from hostile emotions or from sugar or alcohol, and then it has to retain water to keep those acids in suspension so they don't eat away at you. My, my theory is that all these uh, hip replacements, knee replacements, joint replacements are due to acid overload from poor diet and lifestyle. The acids eat away at things and it's easier to erode a moving joint than it is a long bone, although you will look eventually start eroding long bones with the acid load. So a lot of the things, you know, like sugar to diabetes, I think they got the wrong name. It just sounds so sweet. You know, sugar, diabetes, no big deal. I like sugar. I have a different terminology. In other words, it's an acid overload because sugar is acid. So the more acid you put in, the more you're going to eat yourself up from within. I often say, I don't care what name got pinned on you. You know, whether it was a thyroid or Hashimoto's or whatever, I says, you're toxic. That's just it. You're toxic. There's a really powerful image there, Bill, about the idea of, um, you know, hoarding, you know, and this, the colon really is a story, right? It's a narrative of a, of a lifetime, especially if it's not been addressed and cleaned out and how, you know, we work with this in field dynamics with the energy field as well, how the, um, the gathering of emotional content, of trauma, of experience, you know, undigested material, whether it's nutritionally or experience, you know, being stored there. I'm interested as well in this reference you just made to contemporary society and pharmaceuticals, because, you know, colonics is not a um, contemporary development. It's actually an ancient practice. Yes, that's right. The ancient Egyptians made use of enemas, 
and considered them an essential component of good health, the ancient Greeks, traditional Chinese and Indian civilizations too. It seems that that's not talked about, that's not considered in this consideration of colonics. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, get back to the foundation. If we start at the foundation, look for the cure or the cause of the problem, and then instead of just chasing symptoms. So I always say, you know, you know, there's a lot of realms that we're responsible for. We have the uh, spiritual realm. We've got the mental, the emotional, the dietary, and the environmental. And we need to be aware of all of them because you can be off-center overdoing or underdoing any one of those areas. You know, just to live a long life and have full vitality, you have to know a little bit about those number of things, those few things. When you look at colonics, you see they're classified as an alternative medicine practice. And the, the claim is that there's no scientific backing to this whatsoever, you know, like that it's some kind of a false claim to say colonics may improve your health, boost your immune system, you know, address other issues. And apparently there's no scientific claim to that. So I'm just really curious, do you really think it's possible that in laboratory setting that we can't show that that a proper clean open colon isn't correlated to improved or better health and how, you know, that's in laboratory. And then what about you as a therapist seeing so many people, do you see results? Do you see clear, positive results in people you're working with? I sure do. Yeah. And that's why I often say, you know, when I was young, they asked me what I want to be when I grow up. It wasn't a colon therapist. I said, colon therapy chose me. I didn't choose it. I saw its validity by all the things I've overcame. You know, first it was diet. That was, well, the first was Jesus, matter of fact. I got born again, and my life changed. So that's the most important thing in my life. Then I had a good GPS. I had a better director of listening to my intuition and the path step-by-step that I got led into. I said, oh, okay. And, And my prayer was that God give me health the way it was designed to be. And thank you very much. So anything that happened to me, even when I was too zealous on my cleansing and nearly killed myself and doing too many good things, or even when I slipped and fell on the ice, sprung across the street because I didn't know there was black ice on the sidewalk when I hopped up and went crashing down on my side. Oh, first I said, oh, shit. And then I said, oh, thank you, God. I must have needed this adjustment because I wouldn't have let anybody manhandle me this way. You know, so I have a positive attitude about everything you know, because that was my request, that I have health the way designed to be. Even if I fall off a horse, I say, oh, I don't know what I'd say. <laughs> I'm glad I got can stand up again, get on the horse again, you know, but whatever. I have a lovely life. I love people, and I love what, what contribution colon therapy makes to them. And it's not, and, and people do feel bad. They can feel you know, like a diarrhea cramp during a session, they can have nausea, they can have chills, those are expressions when the organs feel threatened by what's leaving and crossing through the transverse colon in order to get to the exit on the descending colon and out the rectum. I said, you you might feel bad, but that gives you an idea how strong the toxins were that were buried and now when you feel bad, they're about to leave you and now you're gonna have so much more energy because your body's not wrestling energy to keep that captive anymore. 
So therefore you have more potential to heal and repair and restore. So all pills and all the things that are out there are great, but if you don't empty out the garbage, then you just become a more expensive garbage can. Let's say both of them, listeners taking this in, and they, they've never um, they've never experienced a clonic, right? They've never had an enema. They're, they're new to this field. They're curious by what you've shared. What are the possible steps forward? Is it to try different systems, uh, different practitioners? Um, is this a one treatment situation? Or and I know you know I'm talking very broadly here. It's not it's not fair to put you on the spot with multiple people. But what are the an overall plan that people could maybe take with approaching this intelligently? That's a very good question. Where I'm at today is, is an evolution, of course. You know, just one was a dietary change, then step by step, and then getting sick from doing too many good things, you know. And so, therefore, I, I'm a very good reference, you know, because I do see some people come in here and they bring in some wheatgrass. They want me to put wheatgrass in, in their colon. And I said, well, this could kill you because it's so high in energy. And if you don't have the, the pathways open, you could be in trouble. And uh, so therefore, I say that's why when you come to me, then I have to assess if you get anything other than just filtered water. But not all colon therapists have that qualification. You know, I, of all the colonics that I've received, it was rarely that anybody touched me. They just were water boys. I sent the water in and no, no translation is, you know, well, I guess you don't need a colonic, nothing left. No, that's not the case. If nothing leaves your body during a colonic, you will feel better because you get hydrated. So most people are dehydrated. So even if you have no event, you're going to feel better. But if you don't have at least one uh, urgency, you know, or diarrhea cramp or slight nausea, you didn't get any much accomplished. You didn't get any poisons out. But the body won't open up that doorway to let those stronger toxins out until it gets enough support in order to make it move from the cecum, you know, the liver, the right-hand side of your body where most strong toxins reside. You know, it's the liver area and the cecum, you know, the appendix, the, the ascending colon. The best thing to do is to start and then, like, get a book by Norman Walker, Colon Health. Get a book by Norman Jensen you know, has to talk about herbal cleansing and the gut health. Listen to this podcast and find a colon therapist, you know, just even if they just get water in it, you're going to feel better. Go out to Walgreens, Walmart, or wherever, drugstore, get an enema bag and start reclaiming your health. Bill, you mentioned the connection to emotions. So it's kind of obvious to some people, like if you put poor food, toxic food, you know, low vibrational food, you know, low nutritional food in your body that we understand maybe there would be a disruption of digestion and, and um, excretion. But what about emotions? Um, how is it that emotions are impacting, you know, the um, elimination process? And given that you work with so many people, is that really prevalent in what, what you see happening as people are clearing their colons, that there's a lot of emotionality or emotions associated with the retention? Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so when, when I'm giving someone a colonic, and normally they're a good, good releaser. You know, they have a healthy lifestyle, good diet. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm noticing I'm not able to get anything moving. So my question is, did you uh, 
go out to the bars last night and have a few uh, highballs? Oh, no, I didn't. I said, well, how's the emotional climate? Oh, yeah, blah, 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 you know, whether it's the spouse or the boss or some kind of disruption. And they just, or if you have road rage, you know. So rage is a higher level of anger than just regular anger. So the emotions play a great part because they're getting back to the acidity. Every emotion has chemistry. So if you have love, compassion, understanding, peace, patience, and all that, that's good emotion. You're feeding yourself. But if you got anger, resentment, contention, all those negative, you know, even fear, panic, there's different levels of all the emotions, but they generate chemistry. Like if you have a rage attack, somebody cuts you off in the freeway and by the time you settle down, you get that big adrenaline rush. The next day, your kidneys hurt because it has to process that, you know, you wanted to kill somebody. And so, yeah, we're responsible, like I said before, you know, for the, the thoughts, the emotions, and our diet. Those are the biggest con contributions. But I'd say that the emotions have more effect than most the other things. You know, a lot of times we have runaway emotions and our thoughts, you know, how do I get even? And, and they're running this energy cycle that's not healthy for you. So, yes, thank you for uh, bringing that to my recall. It's important. Well, Keith and I already know, which is that not all colonics practitioners are made equal. You know, this is this is a real skill set in so many different ways. And what you're sharing here in, in your experience is how you're, you're, you are truly working holistically, right? Mind, body, and spirit with this, with this therapeutic practice. So, you know, you've been observing and working with the language of the colon, as I believe you call it, for over 30 years. What are the skills required to do this work? What could people look for in their, in their practitioner? Well, the skill set is one that you, you like people in the first place. You know, and you want to help. You know, I always say if you're going to interview a colon therapist, you ask them how many col how many colonics do you get? What's your routine? Once a week, once a month, seasonal. But uh, it's nice to know if they filter their water. That would be a question I ask. Do you do any additives? Do you put in uh, chlorophyll or do you put in aloe vera to soothe the colon? Do you uh, use pH water like 9.5, 11.5, so you offset the acid load inside the, the body so that it can make it easier to release some of those acids. Those are the kind of questions that I would ask if I was to, rec if there was more than one colon therapist, let's say in a city. Curious, Bill, about like uh, client stories. So you work with so many people. Do you have a story that comes to mind share about when a person has worked in improving the health of their colon that it has improved their general well-being in a in a you know maybe dramatic way or in a particularly pointed way like i mentioned earlier that story where there was a thyroid failure based on what seemed to be a colon issue well i do have a, a, a story i've forgotten about it so you caught it brought it forward there was a surgical nurse that was coming back from vacation, feeling horrible, and she wanted to get a clonic. I mean, she wanted to get a massage. And at that time, I spent part of my time giving massage. I, mean, I am a licensed massage therapist. And I said, uh, well, I don't know that I can do exactly that name of the therapy that you got that was so effective for you when you were in Florida, but I know that I can help you. And so I did. 
And when I was working on her body, I said, so this is going to be very strange, but what you need is something else that I do. I gave her the full-time massage, but she had so much energy, tight energy, you know, from emotions. And although she had a healthy lifestyle, but she was so high strung and being a surgical nurse, I can imagine the distress there. So anyway, I talked her into a, a colonic. And so, and I had an opening that day, which was rare. So I didn't have anybody on my schedule right after the hour massage. And she, she agreed. As I was about to get her hooked up, she says, oh, I want you to know, you talked me into this. <laughs> and so she got a colonic and then uh, I had never seen her again, never heard from her. Yeah, and I was always wondering, I can't remember if I put in a phone call to her. It was like three months later and she says, came back in. She says, I want you to know you changed my life. I went to the massage school that you went to to learn what you learn and I want to do what you do. Yeah, so and it did, you know, the massage and it loosened up the garbage and then the clinic got all that stress and stuff. Phys that physical content that was holding her down out of her. That uh, yeah. So that's the best story. Very often, people are not realizing the context of the colon being the an extension of the nervous system. You know that that our gut is our enteric nervous system, and that disruptions in the gut are actually disruptions in the functioning of the nervous system. So. Is there anything to mention to people about how the gut is this extension or how it even then connects into the immune system and immune function? Well, I've heard it said that, the, and I gave a talk on this one time, you know, I said that the gut is the second brain. And I said, well, I think, I think it's more like the gut is your, your real brain. You know, that's where your intu intuition comes from. That's where the gut feeling and often many people have experience of ignoring the gut feeling because it somewhat sounds silly and then they pay the price why they should have listened to their gut feeling. This is more, the brain is more of a processor. The, the, the true sense comes from our gut. And if you got a clean gut, you got a better sense of more accuracy of interpreting it and following it. I'd love to ask about uh, diarrhea, Phil. There's a common misconception, I think, that uh, constipation indicates a, a blocked gut, right? Whereas diarrhea perhaps doesn't, right? It's indicative of too much flow. But I think, you know, that's a misconception that you could probably talk to more skillfully than, than I can. You're such a skilled interviewer. Yeah, diarrhea is a drastic measure and it's due to constipation, okay? So when the body is not pooping or it's got too much strong emotions, that is too toxic for the transverse colon to insult the organs with as it passes through. It holds it back, you know, in that corner, the hepatic flexure, you know, right there where the, the colon takes a turn. And then the next journey would be across the organs on the transverse colon in order to get to out to the toilet. So if it's too strong, then the body says, oh, we can't do it. So it's going to send it to the kidney. And it's mostly liquid form, like diarrhea. So the liquid stuff is going to be processed either through sweat and coming out your skin or through sending it to the kidney. And the kidney says, oh, thanks a lot. I'm going to send this to the bladder. And bladder says, no, we're just going to be good incontinent. I'm not going to hold this in me. So, yeah, so it's all kind of backwards. The cleaner the colon, the more everything works. 
and the more you're going to have regular stools. You know, it's often I get people that I, oh, I don't need a clonic. I'm going all the time. I said, well, you're going all the time because you're you're constipated, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. But it's an emergency relief. It's just the body says we got to get rid of this. I don't care if you poop your pants. It's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. We've talked a lot about what a unhealthy digestive system might look like, right? Like uh, symptoms or experience. What um, what made a healthy digestive system look like? What's a person experiencing if they're imbalanced? Oh, you know, if we had a healthy gut, every time you eat, you'd poop, you know, within a few, you know, within a half hour. So if you had three, you know, normal sized meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, there would be a, a bowel movement leaving after your inputting. So typically it should be, you should see yesterday's breakfast at today's breakfast. Again, you know, it should be a rotation, input equal output, just like the tides that come in, they go back out. There's a rhythm and it should be that rhythm. Don't be discouraged if you don't have that rhythm. It's rare to find. But even people that have that regular rhythm still benefit from colonics. What have you found to be most complementary to colonic work? Deep tissue massage or massage. You know, maybe start with just massage, but like get to the deeper tissues, you know, if, you, if you're healthy and then follow up by a colonic. Back in my, my journey, I know that if I was going to get a colonic, I might as well get as much out of my tissues so that the colonic would be more effective. So I always got a deep tissue massage, either first thing in the morning and then a colonic, you know, towards uh, later in the afternoon or one one day and the other the next day. And then I'd follow it up after the clonic, I'd have a chiropractic adjustment because then there's no no resistance of the muscles because they're relaxed and uh, you're hydrated. So the, the adjustments go easier and they hold longer. That was my theory and it still is. You know? So I uh, incorporate other modalities because they do complement what I do. And in herbal cleansing or, or doing a parasite cleanse or doing a liver gallbladder flush. You know, I always recommend helping the body out more and not suffer through some of the stuff that gets stirred out. You know, and I've even had people that have seen their gastrointestinal doctor and they, they do ask a question like, how, how, what's your regularity? How often do you go poop? And they say, well, I go once a week, and sometimes it's even longer without a bowel. I said, "Oh, well, that's your that's your normal." And I would tell my client, "I said, well, you should have told your doctor." I said, "Oh, so if your toilet doesn't flush, you still you keep pooping on top of it until something happens." Same principle. If you're not pooping, you're polluting, and you're causing the perfect storm, which I did for thirty years. So therefore, I got so much work to do to get rid of 30 years of burial, not only the physical burial, but also the mental, emotional, you know, because it all works together for good. That brings this full circle, Bill, back to your your own personal story. You've obviously treated a lot of people over the years that you've been practicing and achieved a lot of uh, impressive results. Is there anything for you, stones unturned, as you look ahead in your practice, in your service to others? I would like to see colonics taught differently. My insight and desire is to see 
get somebody that can run with this ball because it's so important to clean up all this garbage us humans have collected. But let's make it a way it's useful because it uses a lot of water in a, in a, in a session and, and a day's worth of people. It'd be nice to be doing something with that wastewater, like going into holding tanks that causes fermentation and pressure. So you could use it for generating electricity and then converting all this toxic waste matter to something that can go on the land and uh, irrigate golf courses or farms and stuff like that. It's gotta be somebody with an idea to take it to the next step and then train therapists to know what I know and how to not just be the water water boy to send water in a colon, but actually know what the colon is telling you. And so you can help that person regain its health. This year, I'll be 75. I'm just trying to reverse it. So I look more like 25, you know, but I just realized you know, there's some work to it. But I'm very hopeful and optimistic. Bill, I'm wondering, you have a website all about health, Inc., allabouthealthinc.com. Um, is there anything else you'd want to share with people who might want to find you or be pursuing um, getting some kind of colonic hydrotherapy for themselves? Well, I just need somebody to come over here and give me a colonic, help me set up a colonic hospital. They already got all the watering there needed to do it. So each room can have a colonic. You know, anybody that comes in for emergency and they get an IV to hydrate them, they should go to the wing where they get a colonic, where they get hydrated and get the garbage out that caused them to be dehydrated. So I don't need any more business. And I don't like it that I can't get people in within a week. You know, I don't like it that they might have to wait for a month if they need to see me today. Yes, I would like to transfer the knowledge that I have and uh, make people feel really good about what they do because of the degree of help they have to offer. The work that you're doing is really amazing, I must say. If I could do a colonic with anybody, it would definitely be you. And uh, I'm sure both of us uh, will continue to be seeing you in the future. And furthermore, we just really appreciate your time today, your wisdom and spreading the word about this really important topic that is, you know, like you said, is maybe uncomfortable or taboo for various reasons um, to certain people and to our society in general, but nonetheless is really, really crucial for our health. And you're, you're spreading that word and you're doing the good work and we thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time also. I appreciate the visit. Really appreciate it, Bill. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to the episode. What really supports the podcast is providing a rating and review of the show on your preferred listening platform. This helps us get the message out to a wider audience. If the topics we discussed today appeal to you, do take a moment to subscribe. Lastly, we invite you to check out our website, fielddynamicshealing.com, to learn about our training programs, private session work, and to see how we're setting the standard in contemporary energy healing. Many thanks, and see you next time.